That be my street gang and artist name that I go by. Me, I'm from the city of Angels, the West Adams district. I first started recording songs in 1990. If you were around in those days, then you know how murderous it was. Jose Martin, known as Conejo or Rabbit, is a member of the Dead End Harpies gang. Conejo is described as a West LA gangster. Doesn't ask for respect, he takes it. Conejo is all. It's been a journey of ups and downs, but it's like that for everyone. Some of us make it, and some of us don't. Now going on the run. It's something that ain't easy. At times, you gotta cover up and conceal yourself. And others, you just gotta hide in plain sight. My family, they came here in the late 60s from the state of Jalisco in Mexico. In a way, you could say I was the black sheep of my family. Moms loved me though. So nothing ever stopped me. Real talk, she been my moral compass from the get-go. My mom has about, I think there's 16 brothers and sisters right now. Like alive. There was more at one point. My grandma had a gang of kids, so like, we was a close-knit family. So all my, all my family, we would drive to, to Jalisco every year, to Mexico. Stay out there for like a month, three weeks, you know, six weeks, whatever it may be, like like around the Christmas time. Not getting caught, well, that can be your worst nightmare or a blessing in disguise. For me, the time that I spent in there is just a accelerated memory now. You see, I got out and went straight to work on a movie called the tax collector. So the environment that I live in now is way different from what it was for me on my fugitive run. Tijuana, Baja California, 664. Ain't no joke. G shit for reals, all day. You are now tuned in to Inside the Sinister Mind. Sinister mind, you are now tuned in to a sinister mind. Inside, 
a sinister mind inside a sinister mind inside a sinister mind you are now tuned in to a sinister mind it was monday november 28 2016 in la ciudad de tijuana baja california inside my mind shit was kind of fucked up why is that because i was getting ready to turn myself in i see you know, in case you didn't know, I had been a fugitive at that point about 14 and some change, right around the 15-year mark. And, um, like I said, it had been fucking with my head because, you know, I, I was a single father out there, had been raising my daughter, and and at that point, I was all she had. <laughs> I would like to jump in there. Nah, I'll do it. i like to jump from here. Now she's 10, so she was about seven going on eight and to me it was fucked up to turn myself in and she was gonna have to stay out there with her moms you know i was the one that i was looked out for anything she wanted anything she needed i was on it you know i raised her since she was five months old so me and her were real close so they had been fucking with me i knew i had to turn myself in go in if i wanted to get on with my life because Living like that, it's like, it's like a mental prison. You're not in an actual prison, but you're in a mental prison. Because every day, every night, like everywhere you look, you, like you ain't never feel comfortable because you always, you know, watching over your back and, you know, paranoia is just, it's like sitting right next to you, riding shotgun all motherfucking day long. And that's real talk, my Gs. So back to Monday, November 28, 2016. Come on. That day I had dropped off my daughter at school. And then her mom said that, you know, she'd pick her up after school and she would stay with her for like two, two or three days and I'd get her, I'd get her back on Thursday. I'd pick her up from school on Thursday. So, so that Monday morning, I dropped off at school, came back, went to the dojo, then came back to the spot. Shit wasn't right because for two months before that, like I already have been seeing strange things. And you know, I'd brush it off because I'd say, nah, like, you paranoid. You doing this shit to yourself. So, you know, I was just, I mean, it's a weird thing being on, being on the run, being on a journey, being in exile, whatever you want to call it. Cause sometimes you forget and you go on, you go on about your life, you know? So that night I was there, I was I stayed in the house. After I came back from the dojo, I just was all day in the house. I was just like feeding for some like sugar, some munchies and shit. Smoking a little bit of weed, you know. I was just sitting in front of in front of my studio, like sitting in front of that Mac computer and just like listening to shit that I had been working on. And um but for some reason I didn't feel like recording, so you know I got up put the hoodie on, like I said, it was like sprinkling out there, it was kind of like cold and, you know, that type of weather. So I put my Air Maxes on, some sweats, went up to the Oxo. Oxo's like a 7-Eleven in Mexico and shit. So, you know, get my shit, come back. And, you know, every time I'd, I'd, I'd go out, I'd always check my cameras, you know, some, in one way or another, I'd look out or see like, you know, because in those days when I was out there, Los Estatales, the state police, they was on a fucking rampage. They was like robbing motherfuckers, like 
They was just on it, like, they reminded me of, of the LAPD crash unit, like, like they kind of young and they just out there, like, they'd roll like in two trucks, so it'd be eight of them, four and four, and on any little suspicious shit, they like pull you over, interrogate the fuck out of you. You know, if you were in the area, they'd be like, take me to your house, they go through your fucking house, search all your shit, you know, steal shit or whatever the fuck, you know, like plant some shit on you, you know, over there, it's like, it's some, it's like twisted. It's like a twisted reality, you know what I'm saying? Of the rules that they got over here. Same shit's going on over here, but over there it's, it's out in the open. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they ain't, there's no filter about nothing. So, you know, I'd, I'd be low key in my movements. Like, it'd be like strategy to get from point A to point B and make it back home safe. And I lived like that for years. 15 years. Stayed catching flights, I was always in the air. You know, I fly to like, you know, Jalisco, fly back to the border, back and forth. You know, my family's from Jalisco. And um, so I'm back at the house, whatever, whatever, chilling, take off the hoodie. This is after I checked out some beats, heard some songs. You know, I, li I lived alone, so I my studio was in one room, my bedroom's in another one. My daughter's bedroom was over here. I had another room just to play PlayStation. So I, you know, when you got your own pad, you do whatever the fuck you want. You walk here, you walk there. Ain't nobody gonna tell you nothing. So I remember I was right there, like over my like, like La Comoda, like where you got your cajones. And then um, I had a watch on me, some like Swiss watch or some shit. And I remember like I did something and boom, the band snapped. And that shit fell right there. And like, I remember, I don't know if I said it with my actual voice or in my mind. You know, I heard the words in my head, your time is up. Your time is up. And the crazy thing before that, like a few weeks before, I remember me, me and my boy out there was, we had did this, this, this Palo Mayumbe ceremony. And then we did a reading, and I remember my, my, my muerto, my prenda, was telling me, like, your time is up. You got to go turn yourself in. And I kept on trying to buy them by, like, feeding them goats and roosters on some bloodthirsty shit. That's right, on some bloodthirsty shit. It's like a defense mechanism, basically. You use it against anything that's giving you a problem, you know? And that's what I did, and I remember it told me right there, like, nah, don't trip. You're going to... Your time's up. You got to go in there and face... It was talking about my case. You got to go up in there, face it. Don't trip. You'll be out. And um, that happened. And then, like about a week after that, I did the ceremony. It's called Santo Lavado. It comes from an Afro-Cuban religion, you know, so it's an Afro-Cuban ceremony. Hicieron Santo Lavado, donde recibes a Ubatala. Ubatala. I was part of a lot of rituals. I felt like they protected me, like, you know, that's, that's where I got in contact with my ancestors. And I remember the Santero priest, the Oba Cuban dude, had came down from Mexico City, right there at one of my other boys' house. So he does me a reading, and everything's coming out cool, saying this, saying that, what, you know, like, 
all these things. And then at the end, he just stops and he looks at me and he tells me, Alguien que tú pensaste que fue tu amigo, nunca fue tu amigo. Y te acaba de traicionar. Fucking brass. Someone who you thought was your friend was never your friend, and he already has betrayed you. The thing is, when you're told something like that, you start analyzing all the people around you. I insulated myself from the world. I don't really have that many people around me, you know what I'm saying? I was always on my toes. That was the one thing. It's like, that shit was basically like 15 years. And and it's like the... It's like, they don't, they don't leave you alone. Like, they're looking for you. They want you. It's like, you're a fugitive and... You know, I met a lot of fugitives. I, I met a lot of fugitives, like, in those times, and, and I seen how they did it. And, like, you know, and sometimes we would get to chop it up, and... You know, I stayed on the move. Even though I would sit sometimes and wait it out, I was still on the move. I had a normal life out there. And, you know, I was having fun with the music. I was just putting out albums, like... It's almost like I knew what was gonna happen and I was just putting out all this dope material. Like I was having fun with it, I was just... In other words, I was just doing my thing. So whatever, motherfucker knocks out, wakes up, makes a little breakfast, works out. I had a gym in my house in the back. I had everything, like all the machines, you know, bench, you know, free weights, everything. You know, I had like some like Welders coming, they welded up. I had my own like pull-up bar, so I was I was doing pull-ups and dips. So that day, my boy the Santero, he had hit me up and he had told me, "Hey, le vamos a caer pa allá." He says like, "We're gonna go over there and we're gonna have a a jam session." I'm like, "All right." So my maid, she would come on Wednesdays. My house never got dirty like that, but you know, so I start cleaning up. You know, I grab a black bag of trash and start throwing away like. You know, like boxes of food or some pizza boxes or whatever the fuck I had. I start cleaning up the pad. So I had this big black trash bag. And um, I don't know, something told me, hey, look at the cameras before you go out there. So I went and got the like the, the little tablet type thing, punched in one of the screens. And, and these dudes didn't know that I had a camera right above them. So I could see them, everything. I could see them from two cameras, like close. And so they were like out on the street. So, I'm like, who the fuck is that? So, I'm, you know, I'm going to wait it out. So, I, you know, basically, I just, I'm waiting it out, smoke a little weed, was doing pull-ups, just bullshitting. And as a matter of fact, that same day, the Rain Supreme 6 album had came out. It had just hit iTunes because it, it had been out on um, distribution with you. So, they had put it out first, and then they had hit iTunes that day. So I remember I had my laptop open on the bed and I was just like, you know, like checking it out and, you know, basically killing time so that car rolled out so it could make me feel comfortable to go throw the trash out there. So then, man, these motherfuckers wouldn't leave. I, I'll check. They're just right there. They're just right there. And then, um, so I'm like, man, fuck it. This is around like one o'clock. So I come out and as I get to the gate, I buzz it open. Boom, I make that left. There's something ain't right with these two motherfuckers in that car. From the corner of my eye, I could tell they were straight looking at me. What should I do? Right there, there's this thing. It's called el contenedor. That's where you throw your trash at. Got a little padlock on it. 
put your key in, unlock it, put your trash in there, lock it back up, and so forth. But like I seen them, I just threw it right there, and I walked towards back the gate. And when I walked towards the gate, I buzzed it, so it's like closing as I'm coming in. So if anything, it'll close right behind me. And um, as soon as I did that, like I just seen a truck out of nowhere, just like coming straight at me, like whatever, 50 miles an hour, 60 miles an hour, and it hits the gate, knocks the gate off the rail. And then I just, when I jump out the way, all of a sudden I feel like someone tackles me, boom. They tackle me, they drop me to the ground. And I just see all these guns come out and they're like all over my face, my head. No te muevas, hijo de puta madre. And, um, man, they just, I remember they cuffed my feet. First thing they did was cuff my feet. I heard them. Cuff his feet, cuff his feet. So then they cuffed my hands. You know, and, you know, they're like, you know, roughing me up, like, no te muevas, hijo tu chingada madre, porque te mato a la verga, like, basically letting me know if I got, if I did any fucking sudden move, they, they, they blow me away right there. So, you know, they snatch me up, throw the shit over my head, throw me in the truck. These motherfuckers gonna take me. It's about to happen. I don't know. See, when something like that happens, your life starts flashing beat. You know, starts flashing right in front of your eyes. You start seeing everything. Like, I start thinking about my daughter, my, like all these things, like fast, like some fast shit. And um, and at the same time, we're smashing. I could hear like the, this is an Omar truck. This ain't no cop truck. I don't know who it is. Honestly, right there when they got me, I thought it was my enemies, and I was about to die. That motherfuckers gonna chop me up, melt me, do some shit to me. That's what I thought. Like. I, it just like sadness hit me like man like my daughter like I just felt sad you know like me and my daughter Kay like every time we would drive like everywhere we'll go we would see black crows like in pairs like two black crows here four black crows there shit like that we would always say like like that, that's us she'd tell me like look daddy that's me and you like two crows two ravens And um, at the same time, you got a, your adrenaline running and, and, you know, the sirens are going on in the truck over there. Fucking criminals and the motherfucking police got sirens on the car. So, so, and over there, like, the cops are the ones that smoke you for the peoples, you know? So, you know, you, don't, you never know over there. So we're smashing down, and I could tell that we're not on the main road. We're going through little streets, so that's why that made me think like, que me van a llevar a una casa de seguridad. That's like a safe house where motherfuckers get tortured and some more shit. So, you know, I could, I could tell we're going through little streets just from all the stop and go. Like, we're smashing, but there's, I could feel the stop and go, stop and go. Left, right, I could feel when we're moving. You know, and they got their, their, like, his hand on the back of my neck, like, pushing me down. And I remember there was a little hook on the ground. And so they hooked the cuffs to that little hook. So even if I tried jumping out the window, I wasn't going nowhere. And, um, you know, after a while, 
He took the thing up off my head. And then I seen like a packet on the floor, like a packet of paperwork. And like, you know, they're stepping on it and all this shit, all this movement, the truck's moving around. And and then I see, and I see my picture right there. You know, and then that's when they just hit me with like, what's up, rabbit? This segment was brought to you by Bonnaroo.org. Make sure you tune in too. Inside a sinister mind. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all platforms.